Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. I'm Stacey Jew. And I'm Christy Mercer. Hello and welcome to today's ep. But I mean, today is a new day. What's and a there's, new week? But there's lots of eps across all different days yes, too. Yes, it is Monday. If you're listening to this the second it's dropped, thank you for being such a keen bean. We thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, there will be different episodes dropping across the week. Uh, Christine Forster is joining us this week, mm-hmm. who you may know uh, as being Tony Abbott's sister, but we're really excited to share a chat we've had with her that will uncover the person that she is, which is so... It was just so much more stub- substance than someone's sibling. Oh, my God. Someone's lesbian sibling. So warm and just – she was just a stunning person. Mm. Like, you know, I don't – like, we love everybody that we have on the channel. I know we've said this before, but you just got this vibe where – I don't know, you know how there's particular people that would give you a compliment or, you know, vibe you? Mm. And you're like, that's nice. Yeah, cool, whatever. But there's certain people that – are keen on you and you get a nice vibe from that it means something more I think maybe because I don't just get a vibe that she's not really that easily impressed and doesn't doesn't really rate people for to make other people feel better so in a way it almost makes it more worthy because you're like oh yeah I don't reckon you'd be the kind of chick that would just be liking everybody well that's right so from a selfish perspective it really uh (laughs) made us feel good about ourselves but also she was an amazing chat yeah so good she (laughs) opens up a lot about um her recent wedding to her partner with her brother sitting in the front row who obviously has been a very big um you know anti-marriage equality campaigner for Mm. a very long time so Mm. yeah it was very it's intriguing to go behind that headline sensational headline a bit too a bit of she's an older generation of um of of gay and coming out you know a lot Mm. of us had conversations or relationships with people in your 20s traditionally our generation maybe even younger now if you're lucky uh, but she was married and had kids and then came, came out after that so that was quite fascinating mm. to see what that journey was like for her today's episode is just a catch up um, if you do love any of the shows that you're hearing we would always appreciate it and be so so grateful if you would share it with your loved ones we're still trying to build this baby after the six years we've been doing oh, it God. people are still coming on board podcasts so if they don't know how to do it show how they how they can download on their app. I want to talk about something that I learned in a therapy session recently and it was just a breakdown of the stages of relationships. Ooh. It was just helpful. It sounds something it sounds like something very simple, but it was very helpful for me to understand I suppose where Ben and I were at, but then also where things go and where things can develop in the future. And just get a gauge of, I know that that word normal is annoying, but sometimes it does give you comfort that things might be challenging or there's different parts, but everybody is going through them too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions about that because I'm curious as to whether you go through those stages at different times, but it still plays out in the same order. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. But I think that's why it makes it hard. I think that's why for us we've had a lot of challenges because we've moved through the stages very mm, quickly. Yeah, okay. I want to talk about my own um, spiritual evolution that I feel has kind of been taking just a place. Small, just a small conversation yeah, just, this Monday. <laughs> just a quickie over the last couple of years. Do you want me to kick this off, sure. this bad boy? Because so a couple of weeks ago when I was um, hanging out with my granny, I had a sleepover with her, hashtag blessed. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> anybody that knows me knows that I'm obsessed with my grandma. Mm-hmm. She is my favourite person in the whole world. I just think she, well, she is. She's the best person I know. She's so warm and generous but also she's fiercely, fiercely independent that I don't think I actually realised until I got a bit older Um and I've just found this real beautiful relationship with her when I was, when I went and stayed at her house because I do, I you know, live interstate with her, and I'd usually, you know, when I was living in Melbourne, would pop round. This is when I was like nineteen. Mm. As soon as I got a car, I was like, oh yeah, pop round to Granny's. Like it was important for me, and I really valued having that one-on-one relationship with her. That it wasn't like oh, you get dragged to Grandma's house at you know at Christmas or family stuff. Like, well, so you should. I mean, as a person that never had grandparents. If you remotely get along with them, mm. then they're just as important to invest in as any other friendship. Or even, maybe even more because, you know, like physiologically your time with them is more limited potentially yeah. than other people in your life, right? So anyway, we were sitting there and she, I was talking about my breakup and I said something about what my ex was like and these things that you forget that your grandparents are a person. She's like, oh, yeah, well, your grandpa, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so nice to, you know, have that common ground with someone that's 87 yeah which is cool yeah it's crazy. anyway she goes i'm gonna what are you doing tomorrow i'm gonna get up and go to mass you know i'm sure you won't want to come and i said you know what i'm gonna come with you what time um it was on a sunday i think it was at nine okay so it wasn't too like we were in bed at you know eight thirty or something yeah right. the night before something ridiculous would you just sleep in the same room as her nah in as she's got a spare room okay. man she is is there two single beds in that spare room no, but there's two single beds in her bedroom because her and my grandpa always slept in s- separate single beds and still now she's just obviously used to that. So that's the way she Because I always imagine vibes. two single beds in grandma nah, in, gran- nah. in pe- grandma's kind of house. Well, she has them in there, just not in you got to get in. you got to get in quick at her joint. She is like an Airbnb place. Like she's constantly got – you know how your place is like relatives, people, friends, yeah. everybody's talking about – that's what she's like. What's she's called? very – do- No, a uh, – Yeah, revolving well, door. Yeah. She's very with it. Anyway, if you if she had asked me, I don't know, four years ago, oh, mass, I'm going to go in the morning, I would have been like, nah. Almost wanting to make a point in a way, not to be nasty, but that I'm like, oh, I think I'm a bit evolved, you know, for mass. You know, I think I've clocked the idea that, you know, there was this man that was nailed to us, you know, a cross and um, – yeah, I'm just going to move on with my life because I don't believe in any of that. Did you go to a Catholic school? Yeah, I went to a Catholic school. And, yeah, it's interesting because I think for the last few years of my life I've kind of fought that. Wait, it- sorry, what's your confirmation name? Monica. Oh, God. I thought that was cool because she was the only <sighs> black saint. <laughs> That's why I chose her. She were trying to be ghetto then. <laughs> Like as an eleven-year-old, yeah, I didn't get her from way back. Yeah, boy, you're trying. Is oh, the sorry, trying, rest. trying. Yes, <laughs> no, because I'm deaf's not there. Um, so I think I don't know that I've come this real, and I've only realised this very recently. Almost this really beautiful three sixties circle where 
I've gone through, okay, well, I'm religious and that's your identity and you're growing up and people ask you, oh, I'm a, I'm a Catholic. Like I remember mm. being a kid and being like, you know, you'd be family friends with mates, you know, friends that go to state schools. And I remember there was almost this like, oh, you go to state school. Oh, oh, what? oh don't you, don't, didn't you do your confirmation? Like I was brought up in this way that, I don't know, like that was a good thing to be Catholic and religious. And then I think I went through this stage probably early 20s, mid-20s where I was like, almost rebelled against that in a way where I was like, you effing clowns, like sitting there with a man, this priest who like, I mean, the sanctity of the Catholic Church and all of the the shit that has gone down and that's been quite close to my family and family friends and things like of just awful abuse that's gone down, you know, that that you just go, how can you ever continue to place trust in a church or an organisation that protects monsters Mm. like that, you Mm. know? So I think I rebelled against religion for a long time because I was like, you can't tell me what to do Mm. also, where Mm. I was like, this is BS. And I think I fought it for a long time. But when I went to to mass with my granny, I really enjoyed it because I was looking around and I wasn't as cynical as I would have been a few years ago. Mm. I was looking around and I was seeing the good whilst I didn't agree with a lot of the things that were spoken about. So I reckon if anything, I'd, I don't know, I've gone to Buddhist classes for the last couple of years on and off and would take ideals of that because I like the fact that it's open. Mm. Every other religion, basically, especially Christianity, we have one God, one God only, the exclusive, excluding all other gods. So then it's like, well, what are all these other cats around here? Mm. They're, they're also saying that their God's the only God. And I feel like the only kind of religion, you know, or organised religion slash spirituality being Buddhism is kind of like, do what you want with this. Like there's some good shit that you can take from here. You could be a Christian but also be into, you know, Buddhist ideals, which I kind of like, which at the core is like don't be an asshole and try and be a good person. Mm. Really, that's what the, the lesson behind all of the teachings are, which I like. But I came out of this mass and I was thinking to myself, why do people dig going to church so much? A, I think older people have more time. And I spoke to my – I asked my granny about this because I was intrigued. I said, what is it? that you like what do you get from going to mass all the time and she said oh it's a sense of community for sure like although she's quite religious and so I started doing a bit of research into this and all these different articles you know as to what people get from religion a sense of security religion can make you feel at peace with death religion gives people hope a sense of purpose but I did read there was research commissioned by the BBC that found a couple years ago that found people who profess a religious belief are significantly more likely to give to charity than non-believers. So the takeout from that was people are more generous that are religious. And then there was this other article. But to who? It's interesting. To who? To Salvation Army, which is a Catholic-led. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? But generosity generosity is generosity though, isn't it? It is. But then it it starts to be very, very inbred. Like the issue that with the Catholic Church that I have in this country and whilst I understand community is important, and I actually think that people like your granny and other people really do need it, it's not necessarily that I think there's a right or wrong. But when you do start giving money to charities that are very well built around a Catholic structure, then all of a sudden you start to look like it's, you know, almost commercialism, mm. where you've got such big players that are then leaning into politics. And, uh, you know, are unable to really let the country run the way it runs because there's such inbred, you know, I suppose, 
um, power mm. in that because they all kind of help each other. I mean, the marriage equality thing was such a good example of that. The entire argument was about a church. Mm. It wasn't actually about a law. Mm. And that's the power they have when they help each other mm. because it's so big now. So that's the bit that makes it a bit uneasy. Yeah, I would agree with you with that. There was this other study by the American Sociological Review about the fact that the most important function of religion, more so than its actual spiritual aspect, is being part of something, being part of the church congregation surrounded by friends, and that increases people's happiness levels. And it's so, so and unfortunate because I've also had a quite an un, quite a negative negative experience with that with a person that was incredibly incredibly religious I don't even need to go into what kind but when I was in you know I was in a bit of a a place where it wasn't probably my strongest place and in conversations from friend to friend really subtly underlying would use language to make me feel like I potentially now looking back in hindsight was a bit more desperate and, and lower than I was What, because you weren't religious? No, it wasn't that obvious. Ah. But over time I started to see that his strategy was more to be like, I think a lot of them are encouraged that are very religious to bring people in that are in those parts of their life. Oh, absolutely. That is terrifying. Some more than others, i.e. Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, exactly. But I had experienced it firsthand. It wasn't like I was on the street, but Mm. it was a time where I was opening up to a friend and then started to watch the way that he was responding to things. And I was like, you're not telling me to come to church, but you are judging parts of my life according to your religious beliefs. Yeah, that's full of. That's weird. Yeah. But... um, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I feel it's almost like how you go through that stage where you hate your parents, like when you're 16. Like you go through this angry, like you push things away for a time and then as you get older and more mature, you can see good parts of people, good parts of things, even if you don't agree with the whole shebang. So whilst I agree with you, I think there are lots of bad parts of religion, like lots of um, elements of being able to hide bad stuff and this kind of sense of superiority and it's been the religion has been the cause of you know most world wars but then at the same time I'm in a place in my own life personally that I'm like I can pick and choose the parts that I think yeah they're pretty good and the other parts I'm not so personally offended by anymore Mm, I don't get personally offended by but I'm very very strong on my views I, I I understand that there are positives, but my I think my views on the negatives really outweigh the positives. So I kind of can't, as a, I don't know, as an opinion of what religion does and particularly the Catholic religion from my personal experience, mm-hmm. which is not your granny's, it's not yours, it's nobody else's, I've found it to offer more damaging assistance to my family and people around me and even in the example I used than I've found helpful I think I don't know about whether you agree with this but I do feel like that's changing like even that was the first time in 2016 when the census in Australia was done where people ticked the majority of people of that census there were more people that ticked no religion versus Christianity or another religion Mm. that was that was that was the first time in this whole awakening and conversation around what is the difference between spirituality and religion because majority of people well I you know, from the stuff that I've read and people that I know anyway would identify as, yeah, I would say I'm spiritual. I believe in something, 
but I wouldn't say I'm religious. All my and family I do would feel say like they're it's... Catholic easily, and half of them, probably three quarters of them, wouldn't have gone to church in the last year. Mm. So I think a lot more people say that they are because of those traditions. I think it is changing, but I still think a lot of people like to hang on to some comfort that actually isn't really that connected to them. It's more connected of where they came from, Mm. which somehow gives comfort, especially if you've lost a parent or I don't know. Sometimes it just helps people in different ways. Mm. But do do you reckon there is more freedom and flexibility for people to make up their own mind. I think there's always been the, day. the freedom. I think mm. people just don't do it. Mm. There still is that much freedom. There was always that much freedom. Oh, maybe not. I mean, maybe if you weren't Catholic, I think back in the day you were. But you're Catholic or nothing. Beheaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe not that. Oh, yeah. Far out back. of that old uh, yeah. Joan of Arc thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. to bring something I learned in a a recent therapy session which assisted me in I suppose dissecting uh, where Ben and I were at and also by helping us understand a little bit of the rockier roads in our very short relationship to date and that was this uh, I guess it's it's done by Relationships Australia it's a study um, that's been put into five steps and broken down into five stages essentially of a relationship and I think for us, because we move so quickly, Mm. it was really hard to define, I suppose, what other couples were going through at the same time as us because we kind of fitted a lot of this in a very short time. So if you were a couple that kind of got to know each other over two years, three years, four years, you could maybe look around you and compare to more different couples that, oh, okay, well, when we got to a couple of years and then we moved in with each other, it was really tough. And you've got people to kind of compare to at least. Not that you should compare, but you know what I mean? Just to feel like, shit, is this on the right road? For us, I didn't really know anybody that had moved as quickly as us. So these five stages kind of allowed me to see that even if they happen in different timelines, every couple essentially, according to this research, goes through them. And can I ask, you've got the page in front of you. Yeah. Did you look at it and go, oh, my God, tick, 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 like this is true? Like do you feel as though you and Ben have gone through all of those stages One, and in that order? 100%. And yeah, it, wow. then when we got – we were we are already coming 
out of stage four into stage five. And how many? Oh, my God. And there's only five stages. Yes. You guys have bloody aced that. How long have you well, been together for? aced it, yes. But that was just the speed of our relationship. Like, I think there were a few times where I looked up at him and were, was pretty scared and was like, shit, this is fast. Like, are we, are we making this faster? You know, are we rushing this? And what did you get every time you asked that of him? We you both know, like how long, landed. How we, long did you sit in that for? Oh, one conversation. Yeah, okay. Because you, we both landed really clearly on the fact that that was just the path for us. Mm. And I think I always knew deep down, and I probably said it on the show in the oldie episodes, that once I met someone, it was going to be game on. Mate, you said it all the freaking yeah, time. it was bizarre. I would even say it back to you because even though I'm not you, I knew it too. Yeah. Where I was, we would have a we'd laugh about it where I was like, man, when you meet this dude, it is going to be on. Yeah, it was bizarre. So let me run these through, these through for you because you guys listening might be able to understand, I don't know which stage you're at, but... It does sometimes help to think that we've all gone through similar good times and also similar hurdles at different points. And you know what will also be really good or interesting for me too because I feel like in my eight-year relationship, I feel like there were stages that we didn't go through too. Okay. That typically within eight years you probably should be going through and that is a warning flag now in hindsight looking back. Yeah, I wonder what that means. Like I reckon we were sitting at probably stage – I reckon we were probably sitting at stage one – even though we'd been together all this time, like there were things I, where I, I was know, like, which I reckon I think okay, I have yeah, an idea I what stage. Okay, so number one is courtship. So we all know what that is. Like it's falling in love. You get really passionate, super romantic. It's also, according to this research, it's idealized relationships. So you start to think about what it looks like. How many kids will we have? Like your proper flutter face. That's the fun stuff. It is the best. Remember I think how, I'm still grieving that time. Remember how many bunches of flowers Ben would send to work? Like it happened, guys, on the reg. We're to the point where I was like, has this guy got like some kind of sponsorship deal with Roses Only? Like uh, on the weekly, weekly. <laughs> and there are like some days like you would go to the toilet and I would just like sneak a little look at the card and it, and it'd say, just because. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but he's really done himself in with that. Well, he, I saw. Well, you can't. You have. There's an expectation that you set at the beginning. He set the bar fucking high. But babes, he's continued to do that. There were flowers out there the other day that they were from our producer. No, oh. more recently there was something else that he'd sent them. He'd sent, I bought them for. They him. were sitting in here. They were sitting in the in the studio. I it bought. It was maybe the, going back a couple. Mom, oh, it was probably a couple of months ago now. Last year, mate. Oh, God, I'm trying to have his back here. Yeah, I'm, because I didn't get. Ha- a, I never got a single bunch of flowers yeah, in that's eight right. years. You There's know? definitely no complaints here, but at the same time, and I know those of you, I often think of your friend's sister when I think of this, because often when you have really nice relationships and you meet really great men. You almost feel freaking guilty compared to other people. It's like, oh, shut up. You got them. I didn't get them at all, which is fair. It's a fair point. But at the same time, if that's what you got, then also six months down the track, you're like, everyone has the same thoughts where you're like, something shifted. Like, Mm. you know, is he still kind of thinking honeymoon thoughts or is this not flirty anymore? And if anything. Everyone has those thoughts regardless of how it plays out. And if anything, it probably makes it more visible. It's more tangible because if you're not ever getting flowers, then you never get them. There's nothing to gauge. Whereas if you're getting them weekly and then you get them never, you're kind of like, oh, there's something, there's a practical 
yeah thing to see something something shifted so courtship isn't even in really the honeymoon period it's you know they're allow you're allowing yourself to become a little bit more vulnerable you start to open up about your life um and you're usually blind to any problems Mm. so no problems are seen which then leads you into the honeymoon phase which is separate according Ah, to this research to courtship so the honeymoon phase says that the relationship is happy and stable so you could throw any kind of scenario but it doesn't matter because you're together and everything is just same you are on the same page you want the same things every it's all about sameness so so the difference between that and courtship is courtships you're not really together yet you're kind mm. of like this mm. dance you're falling in love falling and this is like we're together and i just am obsessed kind of yeah okay. so usually we would have probably thought honeymoon period was more the courtship mm. but according to this study it says that the courtship is really that fluttery you feel sick you need to speak to the person you can't be a, a, away from them honeymoon's more everything's going pretty amazingly, but you also are getting a little bit more into reality. So challenges that come up are kind of being able to separate enough and integrate into your actual life. I was just about to say everyone in the honeymoon phase does that drop off the face of the earth for a little bit because you're just so obsessed with each other. But it's Well, the honeymoon phase is you trying to figure out how to do that again. Oh, okay. So you're kind of developing, I don't know, just starting to figure out a little bit more normality, but everything is great. Nothing is really a problem. You know, it might, there's a few little things, but at the end, you're having so much sex. All the emotions are positive, Mm. you know, so it's like, I'm really late for this. Okay. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, babe. See you soon. Like, Mm. everything's fine. Then it moves into differentiation, which is where I think you sat for Mm. the majority. Which is now that I think about it. What is that? So it says different stats to emerge, and the couples do less. Do less together and more as individuals, but you're able to start to see aspects of their partner that they may not have never seen before. But you're not, you're kind of still dancing around it a bit. It says here, it's a challenge for many people to be able to tolerate the decrease in the intensity of the relationship and an increase in the emotional distance. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was. The risk is that this can increase the distance and it will be perceived as evidence of the partner being selfish, stubborn, uncaring, or withdrawn. So then you kind of sit in that place where things change and then you don't really, you know, that's just where you're at. Mm. You kind of stay um, unless you move into the next phase. But that can be seen as a really positive thing though, right? Because you've, in the honeymoon phase, you're this mesh of like Mm. two people molded into one person doing everything together. And then the next part is, okay, well, we've had this three months and I've fallen off the face of the earth and I'm I'm still obsessed with you but also who am I again? I think it can be positive but I think if you fell hard like Ben and I did it was still pretty hard because you're finding yourself again but you're finding yourself for me anyway with a relationship that I knew was kind was the real deal and not saying that other people don't know that but I, I just think it changed everything. So when I came back and started looking at my relationships, everything looked different, really different. Not my friendships, like in terms of who you speak to and who you chew the fat with and who you know you have a laugh with and what you do. But at the same time, he was involved in some of that now. And it just was, it just changed things. So and you- I found that quite unsettling because I find change unsettling. I know you do. But did you find 
even if it is probably good, I still make it probably more unsettling than it needs to be. But did you find that he was everywhere and you couldn't cope with that? Is that what you mean? Like, No, I just found that transition at times to be a little bit rocky. Mm. So you kind of were separating. And for me as well, a lot of my friends live interstate. So I was probably ready for that time to happen, but still making friends. Whereas mm. his whole life was here. I know what you mean. So I was kind of like, we're off now doing our thing more, but I'm still trying to figure out what my thing is. Wow. I don't really have a thing. Can we still hang out? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, well, no, because we, I know that not just he wants to hang out with his friends, but I also want my own independence. Like you're starting to want that. Then enter conflict. Okay. So it is common, it says, it is common during this stage for one or both partners to feel quite disillusioned with each other and tend to blame them for any difficulties. If only they would change, everything would be all right. There are many challenges to face during this stage. Developing the necessary, this would help by developing necessary skills like expressing negative energy and emotions to partner, communicate openly, blah, blah, blah. We know all of the stuff, you know, conflict resolution. That's simple, but it's it says... The words are simple, but it's fucking hard to do in real life, especially for us because we were so new. Mm. So we moved through all four of these parts. In how long? So, oh, I would say within a year easily. Easily, probably 10 months. And look, to be fair, I think conflict was bombed into our relationship when we lost our job. Mm, it was. <laughs> Can confirm. It was a really tough time but it was I think the toughest part was what it did to my very young impressionable loving new relationship and now that I think about it I never really thought about it like this it's also a miracle that you get through that so early on Mm. we were meant to be together so there was never a question I never came out of it once and thought will we make it the second I knew, I knew. And that was like the second date with Ben. Mm. But at the same time, how, when I look back, I'm like, fuck, that is hardcore to have gone through that early. How long was it that you and Ben were together until we lost our jobs? Eight months. Whoa. Because it wasn't just a, oh, you've lost your job or you've just been moved to a new department. Like it was brutal. It made you question your sense of confidence, your sense of self, what your purpose is in the world, like everything, Mm. everything. Not to mention then you need to start having conversations about how am I going to pay my part of the rent? I don't have a housemate. You're my housemate. Now you're going to be my husband soon probably, but I can't imagine that you start to do that this early on. And then he's like, of course I will. We're getting married. And I'm like, no, I'm independent. Like, what? So then you're having all of these conversations that are so fucking early. And whilst now on the other side, we're kind of looking back, waving, giving that time the bird to some degree. It, yeah, it was full on how quick we went into that place. So you out of that. So you in stage five now? We're learning about how to get through more conflicting times, I think. Mm. And we've really come out on the out on the other side, big time. And it's just been, to be fair, it set us up for life. It's like what we were talking about with Georgia Love the other week. We'll put the link in show notes where she was saying she lost her mum basically mm. on the second date she'd had with Lee mm. and he was just there. Mm. And in a way, of course, you would want to change things if you're able to. But at the same time, she just said we would not be where we are and as strong as we are had we not gone through that as early as we had. And not to say that there's a easier or a, a harder way. 
But I think when you have such a tragedy that Georgia had, her whole world crashed down. I don't even think she would have had the energy to fight him being there for her. I didn't have a tragedy like that. It was pretty awful, but it wasn't losing a fucking parent. So I would never compare that. So I think in some ways I resisted Ben's support a lot and only have just started to accept that recently that Mm. he's going to be there. He's going to be there, really be there. Like he's not going anywhere. And he would tell me that every single day. But I resisted it because of my independence, for my ego, all of those ridiculous things. What did you think was going to happen if you accepted his support though? I don't, I'm not used to support. I don't, I have always been a lone wolf, always done things on my own, even as a kid. We had, like, I had parents that were around, but I was pretty independent, doing my own thing, job from very early age, was out of home by 18. Like, I don't really know people that are definitely there long term. That's Mm. not my, that's not my makeup. So also, I didn't trust it. Mm. I didn't consciously think, I don't trust you, but my body wasn't accepting it easily. Now looking forward, we have worked out so much better now how best to argue how best to communicate we have little things in place every single night that we talk to each other and you get to talk for four minutes you don't need to use all that time and the other person doesn't talk do you have a talking stick it's not really no no (laughs) don't trivialize the the work here (laughs) no i just i think it's such a good and you know what the best part about all of this stuff is though that fighting and having hard conversations and arguments and going through conflict isn't a bad thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean your relationship is broken and shit and you're not supposed to be together because you are proof of that. And any anybody that does that kind of work, and as you say, sometimes you're not choosing it. You're not choosing to put yourself and your partner through the hard stuff. But if you can work through it together mm. as a mm. team, mm. they are the relationships and we that would, are strongest. Yeah, and we would fight one and then not never fight again you know we'd fight again but then we learned to do it a bit better and then we'd fight again and maybe one would just know I need to do this or he needs to do that neither of us I think we're also in relationships that we cared as much as as we do about this one so we're both very keen on bringing our best self and I realized I learned from my dad that the way that you get out of relationship uh, sorry conflict was yelling yeah my dad and too. I had yeah. to get out of that yeah. you know so but I wanted to I've never wanted to change in the the best way for myself and to break the chain of things that I'd learned that were not serving me more than I have in this relationship because of how mm, fucking great the it reward. is yeah, yeah, yeah how amazing Benny is like I, I want this to work oh I'm so excited to go through these stages though the last one I'm really, oh so we haven't in five, five yes sorry. five mutual independence interdependence okay. sorry This stage is characterized by the following. Both are able to act independently, feel capable and competent in their own right. Both are able to rely on their partner for support. Both are able to provide support for their partner when needed. Both partners feel that their needs are being met physically and emotionally. Both partners are staying in the relationship by choice, Mm. not because of the expectations of others such as family or avoiding fears of leaving. And both are able to take individual responsibility for things that go on. That's beautiful. And what is stunning is that you can't get to that good, juicy, awesome stuff until you've gone through the conflict and the shitty stages. Yeah. I think that's a nice thing to know too. Yeah. That you think, oh, I just thought it was going to, like it's good and now it's bad and, you know, like 
can't we get back to when it's good? It's like, yeah, you will after you go through this stuff. That to me is comforting, I think. Well, it's inspiring too. It's kind of like when you get a free side. Yes. You know when you get pe- – like if you were to get pizza delivery and they're like, oh, hey, we've got this like molten lava cake. You get it for free. You're like, I didn't even want it, but now it's here. I get both. Is that what you're – is that Ben, the free side? Yeah, he's the I lava think, cake. Well, I think no, he's he, probably more the main meal. He can be but- the pizza and then the rest of your life, et cetera, like me can be the side. Well, I'm happy to take that. Seriously. I'll, I'll always be your pizza somewhere <laughs> in your heart. You'll be a quarter slice. <laughs> You'll be a big New York number. It's like half half a pizza. That's how big the piece is. I'm like, hey, I'm still here. (laughs) If you love this podcast and you thought anything about these relationship stages or there's somebody that you think would benefit from hearing them like Mm. I did and now Merce did, please share the podcast with them. You can screen grab it, send it to them online from thethinkergirls.com.au or, of course, uh, you can find the copy link in your podcast app. Easy peasy. All right, guys. Well, it's been real. Enjoy the week. Christine Forster up this week. Yeah, We're so excited tomorrow. for you to talk to her. As well as a guy that was really scared about coming out in his workplace. Christine sticks around for the Posse podcast on Wednesday and gives some advice to him. Okay, guys. Bye. Catch ya. You know what our fave time of the week is? That is when we get to go live with you, our posse, and chat about whatever you guys want. We absolutely love going live on Facebook, but you'll only get notified that we're online if you follow us, the Thinker Girls, on Facebook. Yeah, we get to say hello to you, give you guys an update on hashtag our lives, and answer the questions that you've been dying to ask us. So once a week, make sure that you hang in on the Thinker Girls Facebook page to find out when you can find us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 